Roll for initiative. The podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun! I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is the legend, Carrie. Hello, hello! And Jason is not here, and so the podcast will be good. Be nice. So stepping in for Jason this week is Sarah. You may have heard of me. Maybe. If you've ever listened to this podcast, ever. <laughs> so Sarah is one of our Patreons, patrons, our patron, pa- our Patreon patrons. Patreon? Yeah. Yeah. What's awesome is that since she's on the show this week, I don't have to give her a shout out. She could shout out herself. That's right. Because right. I'm lazy. Okay, that's just weird. It is weird. Well, let's okay. do that. So we have a Patreon where people can uh, commit to helping keep the show on the air at patreon.com slash podcast. And uh, you can get free stuff like postcards and books and prints and shout outs. And uh, you can even get your character to call in and be roasted. It's super fun. Yeah. That's it's, like my favorite thing It's to fun do. for me. I don't yeah. know if it's fun for anybody else. I don't know. They're fun to listen to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, we have some people who, who have us backed at the wizard level or higher. Wizard level! And they get their names called out. So the first one we've got is Joel Eastland. Joel Eastland! Joel just got his free book for being a patron. It took us a while. Yeah. yeah. And he was like... Yeah, 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 I got this book. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Was it? Is it your book? He actually, yeah, he actually, oh, okay. he texted me and said, "Hey, I got your book. I ain't reading this shit." <laughs> he did not. He did not. <laughs> Who else do we have? Uh, we have Drew Stevens. Drew Stevens, and we have Ryan Martin. What do we not have, Ryan Martin? We do have Ryan Martin. Why did you make that face? Because I I realized that I I skipped Ryan to say Drew and that maybe you like Drew better than apparently Ryan. I'm I'm I apologize to both Ryan and Drew that I messed up the order of saying our wizard level. Does it matter what order? I mean, is I there? Mean, I guess there. I, I mean, know. you can totally mix it up every week. Oh, that's even to. worse though. Oh, I see. Change is bad. Change is bad. Change is bad. We Never have Joe Hines. Joe Hines. Joe Hines. Joe Hines runs Lost Colony LARP. Someday I'll get up there and in the see Washington D.C. Yeah, yeah it, it always sounds so cool. Yeah. 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 Well, see. What about Noah Coltrip? What about Noah Coltrip? Well, Noah is actually currently in Elbert County, Georgia, visiting the Georgia Guidestones. Wait, wait, what are the Georgia Guides? Well, they're a granite monument erected in 1980 in the middle of this field, right? And it's got these ten guidelines inscribed in eight modern languages, along with a shorter message uh, carved into the top in four ancient language scripts. But what do they say, or what are they for, or what do they do? Um, Wait, is this a thing where nobody quite knows what it is? People know what it is. No, I mean, like, like they don't know what the ancient language is, and, like, people have been trying to decipher them and stuff. No, no. I mean, it's English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. Well, that sounds like they can be understood. So what do they say? 
Well, they express the ten guidelines and principles to help keep the uh, the world going after the apocalypse. Interesting. Yeah, like uh, unite humanity with a living language, or um, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Um, you know, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. You have to say that one twice because it's important. It was, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, Otherwise, she'll take it back. And Noah is there because he intends to, you know, he's got a pocket knife and he's going to inscribe uh, the 11th guideline. What's the 11th guideline? Well, we just have to wait till the apocalypse to see. Oh! We also have Salim Alabi. Yes. Whose name is pronounced correctly since Jason's, Jason's not, not here. And they didn't ask me to do it. <laughs> yeah. And we have Ryan Galeato, yes. who is running Byways LARP. So we have one LARP, Byways LARP, out in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and we have another LARP, Lost Colonies, yes. in Washington, D.C., so we are a bi-coastal podcast Ooh. with lots of LARPs. Yes. Somebody in Germany that has a LARP needs to do a Patreon for you. Absolutely. Uh, yes. And you can start to be global. Oh, there uh, you yeah, go. We do, I know we have some Canadian listeners, so. Do they count? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think they can count. I mean, I, I, I just do you can is Canada global, or is that just like a hundred miles north? Well, at least it's up. It is up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, it's it would be uh, continental. So we would have an upwardly mobile podcast. Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. Are we forgetting anyone? I don't know. Are we forgetting anyone? I, don't know. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm a patron. It's oh, you. It's yeah. me. Oh, yay, Sarah. Well, if you'd like a shout-out, we'd love to give you one, and you can get one by helping us keep the show on the air by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash podcast. Speaking mm. as a patron, support them. They're great. Aw. And I'm we not did. just saying that because I'm here. Because <laughs> she's looking at us right yeah. now. We did not pay her to say that. In fact, she paid us to say that. <laughs> Wait a second. I didn't pay to be here. <laughs> well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting right here at this table recording a podcast with Jason. Uh, but, you know, since we let him go... Uh, no, we did not. We let him go to work. We let him go to work. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're back at this table recording a podcast. Um, and Jason's at work. And Jason's at work. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So Sarah, what's Jason been up to this week? Jason has been baking cookies and cakes and for some reason scones for the school bake sale. Oh, I, nice. I do know that he also has been dealing with um, a new responsibility. Oh, what oh, is that? So many kids. Fatherhood. Yeah. Oh. So many kids. He he took in a, a fair waif, and uh, she he didn't know, but she was with child. <laughs> with chi- children. <laughs> many Plural. children. Seven. Yes. To be exact. Yes. Oof. So, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, They're like tri- tribbles. They're born pregnant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stray dogs. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but the little puppies are They cute. look so cute. Yeah, but they're like little rat dogs, though. I, I know, but they're, they're cute when they're You know, little. I hear with every Patreon account, Patreon account, you'll get a puppy. That's right. Oh, yeah. Do you back contact us, Jason? Do you back us <laughs> on the $100 level, Jason will give you a free hug and, and a, a free puppy. puppy. There you go. <laughs> only seven. Yeah. What have you been up to, Carrie? The first, yeah, it only applies to the first seven people. Yay. Yeah. Yay. What have you been um, up to, Carrie? Well, I had all these big plans for this week uh, because it's fall break. Dakota and I were going to do all these things and we were going to get all these things done. And then 
On Wednesday, I became sicker than I've been in a decade. Dum, dum, dum. Um, I became deathly ill. I'm pretty sure I had food poisoning. Yeah. And um, so I was laid up Wednesday, Thursday, and part of Friday. So I got very little done. I have a show in two days that I have to still prep for and get ready for. And instead you're recording this. And instead I'm recording this. And There's those um, things. You could and be sick again. Last, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I do not want to do that ever again. Um, uh, last night, I lar- we, lar- we all LARPed. LARP. LARP. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, so we had very we had a lot of fun at the werewolf game. And, you know, I've just been, besides that, I've been trying to sneak in art where right. I can. Groovy. What have you been doing, Ryan? I'm still working on the Top Secret Gamers Almanac project. Shh. Can't talk about it. I saw like half a page and it was really interesting. You haven't seen anything. You're cray cray. <laughs> you know nothing. Yeah. Uh, I finished the the other the the other top secret, secret thing. project that I actually am <laughs> not allowed to talk about. Not because I I want to keep it secret, but because uh, you're not allowed to. I'm not allowed to. But will you be able to tell us when it comes out? Yes. When it, yeah. When it comes out, I'll be able to. Okay. To That's kind of important. Tell everybody, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. I know it is cool. Um. But uh, otherwise, I mean, I hate the fact that every that all of the exciting things I've been up to this week are things that I can't talk about. But you know, sometimes that's it lends an air of mystery. How it goes. Yeah, you're yeah. our mystery man. Uh huh. Everyone thought it was going to be Jason because he wasn't here, right? But it's not. We all know yeah. he's got puppies. Mm-hmm. Puppies. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to combat rounds. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Today we have a podcast. Yay, podcast. So today we're going to do something that we've never done before. <gasps> what is that? What? All right, so we talk a lot about uh, we so we talk a lot about gaming as sort of this general concept because there are a lot of things about gaming that it doesn't matter if you're playing a tabletop game or a boffer boffer larp or a parlor larp or a mosh or whatever you know. Yeah, it's all char- blanket. Characters are characters, plot is plot, and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we've done a couple of episodes where we've talked specifically about a tabletop thing or specifically about a larp thing, but we've never I feel like yeah we've left something out. We've never actually done an episode that is all about mushes. Mush, 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 mush. Uh, mush, mush, mud, mush. muck, whatever. Muck, muck, they muck, are um, they are all similar but different, mm-hmm. and we're not going to like kind of dwell on. They're they're similar enough. Uh, we'll probably all just refer to them as mushes because that's the word that we're most used to. But uh, when we say mush, it's mud, muck, mud, mush. Text based role playing. M u asterisk. You see that yeah. a lot. M u asterisk. Um, so I thought that uh, it would be interesting to talk about this because we met Sarah through one. We did, mm-hmm. and so it's and so all three of us do it, uh, and Jason does not. And since he's not here, like it just made sense. Hey, let's talk about talk about mushing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that said, uh, let's kind of let's start by maybe telling people um, what a mush is. Do you know what mush stands for? Multi-user shared shared heroin. No, uh, it's usually multi-user shared habitat or multi-user shared hallucination. Hallucination is the one I've always heard. Right, yeah. right. It's Which always just, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and, like it feels uncomfortable. Yeah, like, mud, mud stands for multi-user dungeon. Yes, right. So if you've heard mud, I don't actually know what muck stands for. 
Let's Google that. Let's Google that. Google eyes. I don't actually know either. But uh, I I started out with mushing, mushing, so so to speak, uh, on a mud, which was basically you just walked from room to room to room and killed mobs. Right. It's kind of like, you know, a first-person shooter game, but all in text. And then, of course, you had chat channels where you could talk to people. So is, um, so so is WoW kind of like a a visual mud? Yeah, very much so, I believe. Um, you know, I, I can remember, it was called uh, Lost Unicorn. And it's from, from long, long, long ago. Mm-hmm. I'm old. Um, so old! But you'd walk into a room and sometimes something would automatically attack you. Okay. Or, you know, and you would just go down a path and basically it was just kind of hack and slash. Yeah. Right. Going along, killing stuff, getting experience, raising in your level. Yeah. And it was all text-based because you walk into a room and there's the description of what the room looks like. And then it's there's the description of the thing that's in the room to fight. Right. Right. Um, so I always think of the, the easiest way to describe what, what a mush is. Um, if you imagine a chat room online and you just take turns writing a paragraph. Mm-hmm. So like if the three of us were in a chat room, like I would write... Ryan walks into the room and he sits down at the table. He looks around, pulls out an apple and starts to eat it. And then Sarah sh- looks obnoxiously over to Ryan because he's eating his apple way too loud. And she clears her throat and goes, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that's a little loud. And then Carrie would post. Hey. Because there's always <laughs> someone in every game there that doesn't give you anything to work with. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's, it's kind of like that. And, and then you go in. It's almost like if you imagine combat rounds, except it's during all things. It's mm-hmm. not just combat. So even in drama, it's. Still going in rounds, you know, Sarah posts, I post, Carrie posts, Sarah posts, I post, or what, you know. Um, I mean, there's rules to it. And there's coding. Yeah. There's some codes to make things simpler. Like, mm-hmm. you never have to type your name at the beginning of the post. You instead just use, like, a colon. Um, things like that. But but there are there are little coding shortcuts. And the, the first of the mushes was actually a mud. Mud mm-hmm. came first. Okay. Uh, and it was based on uh, some of you old folks Here. might remember a game in the mid seventies called Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adventure. I remember it later, but yes. And then Adventure kind of became uh, or or spawned Zork. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. remember Zork? Mm-hmm. So Zork, really, Zork is where the first mud kind of. Real, like people played Zork and didn't realize, but Zork was kind of a mud. That was the game where you'd be like pick up item, you know, right. you type it in, and then the whole thing would spawn. And a you would you would type N and hit return, and you're you would move to the next, next. text dis- description of the right. room that was north. Yes, right, and that that's in muds. Muds are the same way, very much so. Uh, and and the first mud was uh, invented or written or coded or whatever you would say in 1978. By uh, a guy named Roy Trubshaw at Essex University in England. He was just a student, uh, and um, and it was the first sort of adventure game to support multiple users online. And he called it a multi-user dungeon, not because of Dungeons and Dragons, but actually because Zork had a a, a dungeon mode where mm-hmm. it would just be dungeon. And so that's that's kind of where that was. That's really cool. Yeah. So so muds are old. They are. Yeah. I mean, 1978, that's, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I remember in the early 80s being on my first computer, um, and I was I was on a thing called Babel. 
Okay. It was a Telnet-based application, you know, back in MS-DOS days. Right. And it was it was a chat program, but there was, like, you could kind of go off into another area mm-hmm. in it where you'd have private conversations. And there were a few people that were doing kind of role-play-y type things around there. Right. And that's sort of where I first started getting into mushing and mudding and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Because from there I went to Lost Unicorn, which was my the mud. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people played... Uh, have have done like play by posts in mm-hmm. like a forum based role yeah. playing game, and and it's very similar except that you don't wait a day for the next person to to respond to their mm-hmm. you know to the post that well, they posted. You know what? I even can remember like in, in the same flavor. Obviously, this isn't a mud or a mushroom like that. I can remember in high school. My best friend and I would pass notes back and forth to each other because we'd be role playing. And she would in what well, well, no, but what we would do is because we didn't have classes together. So in the hallway, we'd each have a note and we'd just hand it back and forth and we'd build on the scene. I did the same thing with a friend in high school. Yeah. Um, but she and I sat in the same chair the class oh, after and so we would stick the note to the, this. Yeah. And that's she fun. Would, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, but I'm just saying like this concept of, of text-based role playing is... I think pretty um, uh, natural. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like people are like, "I don't get it," and it's like, yeah. I think we've all done it. Well, and it's kind of been being done currently on Discord. There, are, there are people mm. who run their role playing games. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Tabletop games. Uh, the big difference between doing something like that and and a mud or a mush, though, is that the rooms are actually coded. So if you imagine every room uh, in a town, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, has code that's turned it into so each room is like its own chat room right and so you would enter the tavern and the tavern has its own chat room mm-hmm. and there's you know you would exit the tavern and go north up the street to the next block and there you might enter a barn right and the people in the barn don't see the stuff that's being typed in the tavern in the tavern um, because it's all coded to be to be separate, and you use uh, they they call it a client, uh, a mush client or a mud client. We I, Carrie and I use Atlantis because we're on a Mac. What do you use? Mush client. Mush it's client for Windows and things like that. And yeah. and there's a ton of them. There's potato. There's a bunch of them have vegetable names. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but they do. Um, <laughs> and basically, all it is is I mean, it kind of just looks like a, a browser window that just displays text. Mm-hmm. And and you well, you have you know, settings in them and things like that where you can like change colors of certain right. channels or words. Like a lot of times, what I do is I'll change the color of my character's name. Yeah, so that way I always know if someone's talking to me. Right. You know, like it's easier to glance and go, oh, I need to pay attention to this. Or, yeah, yeah. And and the games are all sorts of different games, right? So what kind of what kind of games have you all played in? I mean, obviously fantasy, like a Dungeons and Dragons right. type world. Well, I mean, I started on a Harry Potter game. Okay. Um, that's actually where I met Sarah. So, like, I my my entire mush life, I have known both of you online. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so, like yeah. I I'm 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 pretty like when I beca- when I get a friend, I don't let them go. So I've got like I've got I've made so many good friends. You're very possessive. I am. <laughs> Yeah. So, but the Harry Potter game though was it was it modern times? Just it like the was Harry Potter no, it was, it was 1938. Not, yeah, 
Okay. It it was it was uh, it was the, uh, around the time of Grindelwald beginning. Yeah. Here goes my nerd badge. Episode um, <laughs> <laughs> forty two, chapter nine. <laughs> and it was it was prequel basically to the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Well, it was prequel even to like Newt, right? Yes. Yeah. So like, it it was it was a very fun era. So like, it, we got like fun historical stuff that happened. We got uh, the Harry Potter flavor, mm-hmm. you know. It was, when you and I were both students at yeah, Hogwarts. we got to play in Hogwarts. Yeah, and you know, right. And this is just like, and this is just like any role playing game. Like if you played in a Saturday tabletop. tabletop. Yeah, right. I mean, I look at mushes sort of along the lines of it's it's the same as tabletop, but everybody is coming together to craft a story. But everybody, isn't, I mean, has, but isn't that true in tabletop? Yes, but I can so sit here wrong. and speak to I you. Just want to hear you say you're But wrong. then, you know, I met Carrie, and she's four hours away from me. Right. And yet we were still crafting the story together, and it's all in text, so you can actually go back later and read it all. Yeah. I, so you can, like, log it. Yes, yes. Okay. In fact, most people do. Most people do. Um, I actually was looking through my phone the other day through some old emails and stuff, mm-hmm. and I actually found a log of... Well, Ripley from Harry Potter. Which was your character. Which was my character. Um, and I think one of Ryan's characters. Oh, how funny. Nice. I'll have to show it to you later. Did we I forgot do it? Huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. No, actually, I beat the crap out of you. But well, anyway. That's fun. Yeah. So so your first game was a Harry Potter set in the past. Yes. Um, what, what was your first mud, mush? Mug? Well, it was Lost the, Unicorn, the Unicorn, which was the mud. Uh, and then much later, and I was, was in. What kind of setting was that? Uh, fantasy. Okay. I, I mean, you know, it was weird stuff because you also went down into hell and you fought penguins because hell had frozen over. Right. Whereas you know, most people playing Dungeons and Dragons, hell is just their gaming group. Yeah, true. Ah. Yes. yes so, very much so. so what there. was what was your first? My setting? very first was was Star was Star Wars. Uh-huh. And it was in fact it was called Star Wars Sagas, uh, and it was it was at the time like one of the biggest uh, Star Wars games. I, mean, I there think was, I played on that for a little bit. Yeah, there was over 100 people who were logged in all, right. at all times. That's crazy. Uh, it was giant. And in fact, the only reason it died is because the people who ran it decided that they were done. And and, and they... they um, because these are all like independent things that yeah, people no are doing. No one is getting paid to right. run a mush. No, they all do it because it's a labor of love. And if yeah. you are, contact me so I can figure out how. Right. Seriously. Yeah, but I mean, they took a lot of flack when they shut it down because they shut it down with like a day's notice. They were oh. like, hey, tomorrow we're done. And a bunch of people were like, don't be done. Just let us let, let someone else take it over. And they were like, no, we created it. Wow. And they but that happens a lot. A lot yeah. of games I played in that that die or or Well, are people shut don't down. have the money for the server anymore. They don't right. have the time for it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Cuz storytelling on a mush, we'll talk about that in a minute, but storytelling on a on a mush or a mud takes time just like storytelling for a, a I think it does. takes more. Yeah. What else what other kind of games have you played in? Like oh, I've pl- I've also played in a Star Trek game. Uh I've never played in a Star Trek game that was any good. <laughs> um, well, here's the problem with Star Trek is <laughs> No matter what you do with Star Trek, Star Trek is always dependent on uh, like a a command crew, mm. right? Which yes. means no matter what the game is, unless you're very careful about how you structure it, and and nobody's figured out how to do that, uh, it like it centers around six characters, and that's it. So if you have fifty people that log into your game, you've got six that are doing stuff. Oh my gosh, you are the worst podcast host. I am not. Uh, <laughs> You have six people who are doing stuff, and then another 94 who are 
subservient to them, like yeah. because of the command structure, right? And then the other reason Star Trek doesn't work is because of the um, space co- coding for space is always problematic. Yep. In the same way that running starship battles in in most tabletop games are often it's the most challenging of things. You can't have a three dimensional battle map easily. Uh, you know, some people have found ways to do it, but but it's hard. So what what else have you played in? Uh, uh lots of fantasy settings. Right. Uh, a Serenity mush. Like Firefly. Yeah. Um, Star Wars mush. Uh, the, the thing with mushes is, is lots of people can make sort of homegrown versions of things. Yeah. You know, that they want to do. I played in one that was like all these planets that were fighting against each other, but everybody was a ruler of the planet. Right. So we were all really high echelon, but it was all the politics and everything of, of the universe. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, play, there's, I've played in, uh, uh, like, a Buffy game that was great. I played in a Buffy game. Um, you know, but... So I want to explore something that you just said, though. You said that a lot of people make their own homebrew kind mm-hmm. of universes and things, and I found that that absolutely the case. And in particular, you also see like Firefly um, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff. A lot of people adapt their favorite books. There's mm-hmm. that Kushiel's debut. Yeah, has a bunch of si- a bunch mm-hmm. of muds and stuff, and people just grab like whatever. Uh, oh, I love. I love the the fifth wave books. I'm yeah, turning yeah. that into a to, into a game, right? Which so, I'd like to say I've played in a fifth fifth wave game. The game was way better yeah. than the books. <laughs> books. Yeah. So so why is it what um, you know people don't make a whole lot of homebrew universes in tabletopping, you know? So what is it about mushes that that make that possible? Passion. It's somebody that wants to be able to share with everybody else their view of a certain place, a certain land, laws, uh, ways of playing a game or anything like that. And you have this complete control over what someone is looking at. You know, you have your own worlds, you have your own ships. And it's, it's you know, I really want a world where uh, basset hounds rule the whole world. I want that world. Yeah. So everybody is based off of Basset Hounds. What's great about that is basically it's 23 hours of people role-playing being asleep. Yep. Yes. Yep. And yep. then eating and running around hyper for five minutes. And then sleep, going back Boom. to sleep. Yeah. Um, I think that the appeal of, like, let's say Fifth Wave mm-hmm. is um, that you're able to go, I like this thing, and it's kind of unique. And not a lot of people, like, at my tabletop game, you know, that I see regularly like this. But I can reach out into the ethos and find other people that are just as passionate as I am. But so I actually... Because your your, your player base could be global. Yes, it's distance. You know, like, you're able to, you know, like, you know, hey, I just, you know, met Max in Sweden. Who likes this game and is going to play. Hi, Max in Sweden. Hi, Max. Uh, but you've also got uh, okay. I'm going to explore a related topic with this for a second. Okay. Um, game mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. So how game mechanics clearly has to play some sort of role in in allowing all of these different types of games and topics to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So how do game mechanics work in a mush? 
differently. I mean, are they, they're coded. Um, they're, they're coded, yes, but, I mean, there's a general set of rules, usually, that the people who make the game come up with, and they police those rules, but there is a great deal of self-policing by the players themselves. Right. Because the, one of the things about a mush that's different than tabletop is, a mush is available 24 hours a day, pretty right. much. You can log in, you can play. If there's anybody else around, you can get together in a room and play. Right. You know, this is not your Saturday night, sit down and play a game. Although, on mushes, if the people who are running the mushes want to say, hey, I want to run, it's, it's a Harry Potter game, and I want to run a great ball on Saturday night, please, everybody come. They schedule an event. They schedule in an event, and then everybody can come and play in the ball, and there's something that happens, and everybody has a great time, and everybody's talking about that for another six weeks after. Right, but but if, if I want to punch Carrie, right. how do I do that in a mush? There are really only, there's, there's three ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is code for it, you will type in the code. Mm-hmm. And that code will usually compare your stats with my stats and then do some kind of a roll internally. So it'll so it'll roll dice, yes. sort of. Sometimes, yeah. Yes. Um, or you can out of character go, hey, my character's really mad at you. Can I punch you? So it can be consent-based, like yes. a lot oh, of like, yeah. event LARPs. Yeah, you and... Could just- and- so you could communicate out of character in this chat. chat. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, you, like, could, and you could say, hey, let's let's work it out. I mm-hmm. think that's a big thing about mushes is the out of character interaction as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the third way is kind of a little bit of a combination of both. You know, hey, my character is going to punch you and I roll the dice, you know, and the do- dice are rolled. And then let's say, you know, you 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 win. And I go, hey, I don't mind getting punched, but can your character not punch me in the eye because I have a date later tonight? Like, my ca- <laughs> like I want to be able to role play this other thing. So could you, you know, punch me in the stomach or, right. you know, it, it, so it's a little bit of a combination of both. Sure. There's a lot more consent based opportunities at, when it comes to mushes and things like that. Usually. Yeah. Now, when, it, yeah. when it rolls dice. Like, how is it doing that? Is it, like, is it a D20 system? Is it, uh, or... It depends on how it's coded. Yeah, and this is where I don't have a lot of knowledge in mushes. um, Because I really have only played in one kind of mush. Um, Like, I've never even played in a mud or anything else. Um, and, And so, each of them is different when it comes to coding so your the games you play in all use there is a person there's a a, a lady faraday named, named faraday which we're one gonna, day we're gonna get on we're gonna it. have her on this show at some point but faraday is very famous because she uses so there is a code system called Penmush, mm-hmm. and she is based it's based on Penmush, but basically she is coded uh, her own system. I don't know what the what the one you use is. I know that there's a variant of it called Aries, uh, but it's kind of the same. Uh, where all of the basically, it's its own mechanical system where mm-hmm. the, the stats work a certain way, the experience points work a certain way, and so the die rolls work a certain way. Yeah. Uh, but I've like Star Wars Saga actually used the West End Games D6 system. Oh. Somebody had coded. Mm-hmm. The character sheets and dice to work like that. Um, I the I, the the Firefly game I played in used something completely in house that was really confusing, and I still don't understand to this day. Uh, and I've but then I've also played in um, uh, like the Buffy the Vampire game 
I played in actually used there was a for a very short period of time there was a Buffy the Vampire game tabletop game. Yes. Yeah, and and somebody used that to code, you know, to code those rules. And then I've also seen, you know, little variants of of other Yeah. you know, other uh mechanical I mean, systems and there. I know there there are some games that literally have has no coding for like rolling dice. Right. They're just like just working out. Or there's a like a, a randomer where it'll just roll like a flip a coin. Yeah. So if you just want to, you know, I've seen actually ones that do rock paper scissors as well. You have to type in rock paper or scissors, and it it compares them. And I've seen ones that do kind of interesting. You know, it compares your stats and then gives you you fail. You do a good success or an amazing success. Yeah. It gives you like levels of how well you did, mm-hmm. and then you take that and you put it into your role play to. You know, say yeah. how you did. So right. when Ryan punches me with an amazing success, my teeth fly out. You know, right. versus versus I laugh at him because it did nothing to me. And you know? and most of these that are not custom are free. Like pen mush mm-hmm. is free. Mm-hmm. Aries is free. The stuff that Faraday does is is free. And, and the so, clients are free. So do you think that? Do you think that the um, the fact that there are these sort of generic die systems that are very very much tailored and conducive to this type of game, to typing a game. Uh, do you think that that plays a role in in enabling people to just be like, I read this one book, I'm going to turn it into a game now? Sure. Yeah, because it's kind of like plug and play. You make it what you want. Well, but but I'm, but it's easy to just go, I'm taking the Buffy universe and just right. putting it in and I can go. Totally, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's very cool. And people who code for mushes and things like that are amazing. Oh my god, I don't understand it at all. It's it's crazy. Just to, <laughs> I can do a little bit of room building, and that's about it. Every yeah. time I've tried to build a room, I get stuck in it <laughs> because I don't make the exits correctly, and so then mm-hmm. I, I'm always like panicking. So then, at one point, I was doing it, and my other staffer wasn't on the game at the time, so I couldn't like page them for help so i actually had to go facebook message tanya and i was like you have to log on and you have to teleport me out of here because i'm stuck and people are asking me questions and i look like an idiot (laughs) help me (laughs) when 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 you're coding a room in a mush it's it's interesting because you've got a description you sometimes have objects to look at and every door that you have, you have to code in and out. In and out. <laughs> but you also have to code the person who walks into the room gets a description. And then everybody who's in the room gets a description of the person walking in. And then everybody else, you know. It's a lot. It's, it, it's like. And, and you have to describe what the door looks like on both And what the door looks both like. Both sides. Both sides, yeah. So every <laughs> single thing has to have at least one description, and every door gets like seven. It's confusing. It's confusing. Yes. yes. But like basically when Carrie enter when Carrie's character enters the room, on Carrie's screen it will say, quote, you enter the tavern. Mm-hmm. And on everyone's screen who is in the tavern, it will say, Carrie enters the tavern. Mm-hmm. And on everyone's screen who was on the street outside that Carrie left from, it will say, Carrie, Carrie leaves. leaves and goes into the tavern. Yep. yep. <laughs> and all of those things are coded separately on different side, so- either side yeah, of the yeah, door. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
And you have to code all those things or and set them, otherwise you get locked in a room. And there are shortcuts to, to set mm-hmm. them. You can set what they call like a room parent, which is like basically a template that can drop on on doors and stuff. But you have to also know how to do that. <laughs> so if you are interested in making a mush or a mud or whatever, your best bet is to hook up with someone yes. who knows what they're doing and just have them show you. Right. Don't don't listen to this podcast and go, I'm gonna go make my own mush. No. And you, you know, and go like, but I don't even know how to log on. You're like, yeah. find a game, play a little bit, and then like you know, like join a staff and just have them mentor you because it is complicated. And I have yet to find anything online that's like a easy an easy two. Like no. you know, the idiot's guide to mushing. I have right. not found that. Someone write that book. Here's the the thing that I think is weird about about mushing is that there is not uh, an easy portal to discover the hobby. No. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you could walk into a Barnes and Nobles and go, Dungeons and Dragons? What is that? Mm-hmm. Right? Or even your uh, local gaming uh, store. Store, and there'll be flyers for tabletop or, you know, mm-hmm. for, for local, locally ran games or whatever. Right. You don't average, you only advertise mushes on other mushes. Yeah. Now, there is a website, MudConnect. Yes. MudConnect.com. Right. But who's going to go there? But you have to know. <laughs> you have to know right. it's there. The thing about Mud Connector, like, for example, if everyone listening right now goes to MudConnect.com, you're going to open that page up and go, I don't know what any of this means. Mm-hmm. Because MudConnect.com is built for people who are already mm-hmm. mush. <laughs> yep. So it's a uh, it's a difficult hobby to, to discover and then to, to get into initially. Yeah. And it's also one of the reasons why I think that it's uh, it struggles. Yeah. It does, but if you actually find some place that you might like to go... I mean, if you put in mush games, you could probably get to something on Google. Um, I, Mud Connector. Uh, there's also a mudstats.com. Um, but it's not updated No, very often. no, but Mud Connector is. Uh, if you just get onto a game, I can guarantee you that if there are at least... A few people on that game, they will help you. Oh, they will jump all over you to help you. The other thing is, uh, so Ares, which is one of the the newer code bases that that Faraday writes, uh, Ares is actually, um, they've connected the mush portals, the mush coding, you know, servers with a wiki online, Mm. right? In In a way that like you can actually go to one of the, to the Ares games website and play in your browser. Mm, yes, yes. Oh. And this, this is a brand, it's kind of a new thing. It's a big deal. Cool. Um, and so that's probably, like, I would tell people, you know, even if you there are no Aries games that interest you, I would tell people that would be a great place to get into it because you could actually go to their website, play on the website, and ask the questions you need to find a mush client to be able to learn how to do it. I would, The Serenity game that I played on had a way to access from a browser hmm. and I did that at work when I was <laughs> not that we're encouraging people not to, that we're encouraging right, but just, right. just saying uh, but also if you're looking for a mush that you'd like to play go out there and just do like you know Serenity mush uh, Star Wars mush if you put all those things on there I, you're probably going to come up with a wiki page from a mush 
Yeah. Which also leads to logs of scenes. It leads to character bios. It leads to a wealth of information of characters, players, and what the game is about. And that's the big thing about Mushes is that they all have they have their online portal, you know, through through your mm-hmm. client. But then they also almost all of them have a wiki page where where people sort of uh, it, it acts. I mean, it's a wiki. It acts as sort of an entry to the universe, so you can see what the game is that you're about to play. Okay, I, I will say this: be aware though that a lot of times. When a when a mud or a mush dies, they don't take the wiki mm-hmm. down. Or put any indication that it's dead. That it's dead. dead. And so what you need to do is you need to look at the date of the last The most recent change. Yes. Log. Wiki, yes. Yeah. No, not change. The log. Yeah. Because that will show you when the last role play happened. Right. Because that's very important. I also have another friend that goes to these sites to get ideas for their tabletop games. Oh, yeah. They're also fun to just read and look at. Mm-hmm. and It's kind of like a soap opera. Yeah, explore yeah. characters and everything like that. Let's talk for a minute about uh, how these games work from an administration standpoint. Okay. So most games that I've ever played on tend to have three types of staffers. Mm-hmm. Right? And first of all, they tend to have a staff. Mm-hmm. So the, and there's usually, you know, three to seven. Mm-hmm. If, if you're lucky, If the yeah. game is bigger, sometimes there's more. But there's always they always fall in one of three types. There is always like there's just an there's a person who's just a coder. Like there's just I'm the person that just goes in and writes the code when something's broken. Yeah. You know, because like any software, stuff breaks. Yeah. Right. When or when they introduce a new power, somebody's got to enter that power into the the mechanic system and and code that. Yeah. Right. So there's usually a person who just codes, and the rest of the time they just play. Uh, and then there are usually like. Uh, plot, like plot people, you know, who just, they come up with stories and they yes. run them. And then the last type is, is really the more like admin-y people who are, are sort of managing the game and approving characters and making sure that everything, and, and enforcing I, policies. Okay, I would actually add another one on. Okay. Because I actually believe that there is um, player relations. HR. In a yeah, good there's, game. In a good yeah. game, you have someone who does HR. Because there's nothing worse than when you get on a game and everything's good and then you have a problem and staff goes, <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, like they, the staff just doesn't know how to talk to players. Right. And a lot of times if someone, I'm not making a blanket statement here, but, you know, sometimes if someone's really good at coding, that means they're not really good at talking to people. Right. <laughs> in most of the games I've ever staffed on, I've ended up in that HR position. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes people are so good at HR that they can't tell people no and they end up running a bad game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, gotta, it goes both directions. You, you've got to be able to, like any game, no is an important tool for your for your game runner to have. Yes. Yeah. I also think that there is uh, sometimes you run the the danger of of tone, you know, because there is no tone in text. Yeah. And so it, so sometimes people can say things and maybe it comes across more mean. It's just like Facebook posts. Yeah. Right. You know, sometimes just because you, can, you put a smiley face at the end of it doesn't mean it wasn't mean. Right. Right. Yeah. What would you say makes? Well, tell me a little bit about what you think. Uh, is better about mushing than, say, playing in a, a LARP or a, or a tabletop game. And we'll talk about maybe what's not as good as well. But but what what do you like better? What what appeals to you about the the mush? Well, I mean, there's the the twenty four hour access thing. If if you're awake at three o'clock in the morning 
and you log on and there's somebody else there, you can play. Um, you can craft your story. So you can you know, literally play when anytime. you anytime you want. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody else there to play. Right. You know. So. I have met so many wonderful people through my online gaming that I would have never met. You know. Present company excluded. (laughs) No, I would have never met Sarah if it wasn't for game. I would have never met her. I would have, you know, I I, I wasn't joking when I said, you know, we have a friend in Sweden. Mm -hmm. He came and visited us. One day I came home from work. (laughs) I came home from work and my wife said, hey, you know that guy in Sweden that we play with? And I was like, yeah. What's his name? (laughs) Because I only knew his character name, and she was like, his name's Max. Anyway, he'll be here on uh, August 6th. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Some guy from Sweden is flying to to, to Chattanooga, Tennessee to hang, hang out, out with, with us? us for a weekend? And she was like, no, 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 no. A month and a half. <laughs> because, you know, in Sweden, they get months and a half off as opposed he to wasn't, like, he, he was He was here for a month. I don't think it was a month and a well, half. Well, it was a long time. It was a long time. I, like I don't a month say and a half to a month that makes that much difference. I know. <laughs> I, as it turned out, and so, I mean, it was also very kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> I, I wasn't. But, I, I knew it was going to be okay. Uh, but I will say Max was awesome, he and was. I loved having him here, and I hope he comes back. But yes. what's really funny is he stayed here for a month, and then he got on a plane from here and flew to L.A., I think, I, or yeah. someplace out west, and stayed with another musher he had met for like another couple weeks before he went back to Sweden. Yeah. Right? So he's traveling the world because of people he met on Mush. And we're getting to experience people from around the world. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, and that's, I've got a ton of stories. Sarah, of, do you have a story of anyone that yeah, you may or may not have Sarah? met over a Mush that might be important uh, to you? Sarah? Sarah? My lovely wife, Christine. Oh. Yes. What? Yeah. You met your wife on a march? Yes, I did. I did. I was actually playing a guy at the time. Who meets their their spouse at a game? That's crazy. Yeah, we did too. It was not over march. We met at a No, but but we met over game. Yeah. I mean, it's the same game that, that... Mm-hmm. Carrie and I played on. I think you played on it a little bit. Was it the Harry Potter game? Yeah, the Harry Potter mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, and I kept getting closer and closer to this person that I was playing with, and I finally went, by the way, I'm actually a woman in real life, and she went, oh, thank God. Um, so, you know, yeah. And then we started talking more and more out of character, and eventually she came out to meet me in real life, mm-hmm. and... Long story short, that was five years ago, and we are now married happily, and she's the most wonderful thing in my life. That's super awesome. It is. I'm a little upset and hurt because I thought I was the most wonderful thing in your life. But, <laughs> You're you third. Know. Okay, I'm third. I can be third. Yeah, yeah. third's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, top five is like happiness. I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. good. That's so good. that's very cool. So can we explore for a second the fact that you were playing a boy? Sure. Because uh, so I think that this is because uh, Carrie, you you've played boys. I almost primarily play males. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason? Um, it's fun to play something that isn't me. Uh huh. Um, and also there there's a little bit of a not having to deal with the drama of being a woman, and I hate saying that, but the drama of being a woman in a game in the gaming world is sometimes a pain. You mean the out of character dramas yeah. of being a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. You know, I when my when my character walks in the room, you know, I don't have you know, because I mean there are some players who will be like, 
they're just there to cyber sex on the game. Yeah. Basically. It's like, whoa. They, no. Th- that's a real thing. They actually have a, have a name for it. Mm-hmm. T.S. What's TS stand for? Tiny six. (laughs) So when Ryan first, because Ryan started mushing before I did. Right. And he was trying to explain everything to me. Oh, gosh. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. What is that? And you know, and he was like, you know, tiny sex. Except for I kept mis mis saying it. I kept calling it little sex. I remember that. And he would <laughs> for whatever reason you would get so mad at me for calling it little sex. You would say it on like a public channel and everybody'd be like, What are you talking about? And I'm we'd like, be like, Oh, TS. TS. I'm like, I don't know, LS. Okay, no. so there are a bunch of acronyms in mushes, <laughs> right? So TS, but w- w- another one that's kind of related is is Mave. Yeah. Or oh. sometimes people will say call it Mav, but it's basically it's M A V, right? And it's short for meant another viewer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And basically, what that means is that, uh, um, like, if I if I was writing something uh, privately to carry like right through a, a private because there are things like there's like private messaging mm-hmm. inside the 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 mush. So if I meant to private message something to carry, like maybe it's even just like, hey, pull the chicken out for dinner tonight, right? But I, instead of sending it to Carrie privately, I accidentally put it on a public channel where everyone could see it. Uh, and then people would laugh. I would just type, you know, maybe. M-A-V, yeah. Yeah, and people would be like, ah, that's funny. But what's great is when people who are TSing. Oh, goodness. M-A-V. People <laughs> rate it. <laughs> but I will say this as well. When I first started, started mushing, I was like, what, what does M-A-V stand for? <laughs> And people, and I, they were not joking. Like, they were not trying to, to um, tell me, like, they weren't trying to, like, aha, uh-huh, we're going to tell. They had they had this whole story about how there was once this character on this one game that would always do it, and his name was Maverick. Yep. And so now every time someone, you know, mobs, you put down M-A-V in honor of him. You know, and, but, like, they really think that there was a character named Maverick? Yeah. That did that, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, like, there's part of me that maybe ho- little in my heart hopes that there really was a character <laughs> named Maverick because it's such a fun it's a like legacy. St- it's a better story. It than is meant another viewer. Meant another viewer, right? It's <laughs> like yes, Victoria. There is a Santa Claus. Yeah. So yes, so that's, there is a Maverick. Obviously, a that's Maverick. Uh, another advantage. Then is that you can play. You can play anything you want without yeah. right, right? And it's fun to explore those things in a safe way. Right. Yeah. Because there are some weird places out there on mushes and muds. And but there's also like weird places out there in real life. Right. Like, there's a whole thriving community of furry mushes. Yes. Mm-hmm. For example. Yes, very much. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you're the type of person that is interested in such a thing, yeah. but doesn't want to do that in real life yet, I, I like how I did air quotes like people could see that. Right. Um, you know, like, that is a safe place to go try being something like that to see yeah. like oh hey i do like this or oh hey no this wigged me out i don't like this right. like instead of going in like buying an outfit to wear and then going oh i just spent five hundred dollars and i do not enjoy this at all yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the the other things that i like about mushing is that because people can build their own worlds or because you could take any any universe or setting that you like and just make a game i like the fact that you're not really 
restricted to like you know if you go to a gaming store if you go to your local gaming store and are like I want to play a tabletop role playing game like you pretty much are going to be offered Dungeons and Dragons uh, maybe a White Wolf game or a sci-fi of some kind right or maybe GURPS or something but there's like you know there's five or six there's five or six systems that you're going to mm-hmm. be presented with and that's that's it yeah and there's something really nice about being able to to go to Mug Connect or or look on mushes that you currently play in in the advertisements posts to see what are other people coming up with and it's all fresh and unique and interesting um, and the the other thing that's sort of connected to that is I like the fact that you can play multiple characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, there are some people who just spend all their time making characters, and that becomes <laughs> one of the downsides of it as yeah. well. As, I have 30 characters, and I, so I can only play one at a time. So the character that you got to know ain't ever going to be played because I'm mm. playing the other 29. That's so rough. Right? Um, but, you know, I, having one or two Yes. You know, or two or three, whatever, like a manageable amount. Like, that's kind of nice because maybe, uh, just like anything, characters characters make friends with other characters. And yeah. maybe none of those other characters are logged into the game right now. Well, so you have nothing to play. Or, it, but your other characters' <laughs> character friends might be online. Right. It's like the Harry Potter mush. You usually had a student and then you had an adult. Right. So that, you know, Ga- if there was some stuff going set on with up. students, if there was something going on with the adults, you had... A person that was able to play with either side. Yeah, the Harry Potter game, I think, wasn't that one of their alt... They, they call them alts. Yes. Yeah. Like alternate character. Wasn't that one of their alt rules was mm-hmm. that you could only have two students and one adult or something like that? Like, they, they can set limits in ways that mm-hmm. can help manufacture or encourage certain types of roleplay. Yeah. Right. Well, I was going to say, and, and that also, in, for certain plots, you know, if we have a plot where, hey, there's a dragon... You might have a character that is afraid of dragons, and so you can't be part of that plot. But if right. you have another character that isn't, that character can go. Yeah. So it's also good to when you make these alts to make them different. So you can be connected to different people, and you can be connected to different plots, and even different locations in the game. Right. right. I, I will say quite honestly that, um, and this may sound a little weird, uh, I kind of figured out some of my sexuality with mushes. Yeah. Um, Why is that weird? I, it just feels weird to talk about it because okay. I've never really admitted that, I don't think. I, I um, don't... You know, we, we say on the show all the time that, like, games should not be therapy. Right. But that doesn't mean that games can't be therapeutic. Right. I mean, I played lots of male characters because I wanted to treat women like they meant something, you know? I mm-hmm. wanted to be the exception to yeah. what m- women were expecting. So I would play a lot of male characters and come in and be like, hey, you're pretty special. Um, but I would also play gay characters. I would play lesbian characters. I would play... And it gave me the ability to really just explore who I was through the eyes of somebody else. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I had relationships. I had fights I had you know everything and it was you would get so involved in your characters lives I mean I had some rough stuff happen to some of my mm-hmm. my characters and I never quite understood why the people were doing it to me and it w- there were things that would make me leave a game or there were things that I would go wait a minute this kind of is like back when this happened in my life interesting and you know it gave me a certain Perspective? Perspective, yeah, on what was going on in my life. 
and it made me a lot more comfortable with who I am as, I mean, bisexual, demisexual sort of thing, um, that loving a woman was okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it helped me a lot with coming around to who I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I could be anybody. Right. You know, I could be a kid trying to figure out what high school was like. I could be an adult trying to figure out why this woman was so frustrating. I could be an adult trying to figure out why this man was so frustrating. You could be a furry. I could. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not downgrading people who want to be a furry. I'm just not one of those people. But yeah. Yeah. But but that is another another cool thing about about them, though, about Mm -hmm. about the another cool thing about mushes is that. You know, it's very. It's a lot easier to just play an orc, mm-hmm. or a. You know, you could play a dragon if the game. I have seen my little that. pony mushes. Right. Mm-hmm. I've seen mushes that have anything you could possibly imagine in them. Right. I think I always think of especially mushing, as opposed to other the other role playing games. Um, mushing is a lot like Rocky Horror. Yeah, yes. Like, you can go there and literally put on a mask and no one knows who you are. And you can do these things and try these things. And it's not just about sexuality. Mm-mm. You know, it's just about finding yourself who you mm-hmm. are. You know what? I, I've i always wanted, secretly, I've always wanted to be a poet. But it terrifies me. So I made a poet. And I made bad poetry that I only shared on that mush. Right. As that poet. And everyone else role played that your bad poetry was, was amazing. Good. And you know, and then eventually when I look back I go, Okay, you know, at first this was really crap poetry, but it got a little better. Right. Like, and that's awesome. Like, so I, that thing we talked about last week about having your learning something for your character. Right, exactly. And and I think that it's almost safer to do that in a mush than it is in a LARP. Or a um, a tabletop game. Because there's no FaceTime. There's no, no FaceTime. Face no one is, you know, even if someone goes, oh, God, that's the worst poem I've ever read. You know what? They don't type that. They type, awesome. Right. And I don't hear their tone. And so I only get the positive out of that. <laughs> well, what would you say the, the downside? What is the negative of, of mush? It is really easy to, because you can spend so much time mushing. You know, like, you know, like you, you can get so involved and I know we don't really like the term bleed, but it really is, it is very easy to feel those things just as much as you do in a LARP. I I think more so. Yeah. Sometimes more so. And the reason I say that is to not discredit LARP, but I actually think the reason it's more so is because, uh, you're reading. And if you think about how, when you read a book, how you insert yourself into the the mm-hmm. characters in the world because you're imagining it. Uh, it it really the I I think that the the psychology and, and the psychiatry the actual the actual biological mechanics yeah. of it inserts you into the world more. Plus, you're also speaking of something that you're playing every night, or yes. you know you're playing it it's so much more. There's so much quantity of what you're getting and it gets a little addictive. Right. Um, but the whole thing is, is it's very you're watching addictive. this movie in your brain and it's in there and you're thinking and you're, you know, it's just at all day long when you're not on your mush, you're thinking about, Hmm, well, how can I get out of that thing? Because 
it's so mental with the reading and comprehending and, you know, what did she say? What did she mean by that? What did he say? What did he mean by that? And you're dissecting it very much like you would a book. Right. You know? Instead, when you're LARPing, it's it's the big screen movie and you're doing it once a month. Right. Yeah. Is that the, and you talked about a minute ago about the when you were figuring things out and how people would would do something to your character and then they wouldn't talk to you out of character again. And that's that's kind of part of that downside with, with the way the bleed affects players. It's it's really easy because I think it's the same thing because you don't have that FaceTime, right? I never get to know Sarah. I only get to know Ripley, Mm -hmm. right? And so when Ripley does something I don't like, I just assume, or I uh, maybe... It's human nature to just assume. Yeah. Ripley Um, was a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What what else? Do you have any other other downsides to it? If you really want to go into, like, you, you can have too much code in a mush. You can have too much controlling things from staff. I, I once played on a fantasy game where everything was coded, like your clothing and everything like that. And I was oh, playing yeah. a commoner, and I was walking along the ground, and there was a cloak laying on the ground. And I looked at the cloak. I picked up the cloak. I put the cloak on because I didn't have a cloak. Yeah. And I'm walking down the street, and about, I think it was like two days later, all of a sudden a staffer contacted me, and they're like, where did you get that cloak? And I'm like, found it on the ground. That's not a commoner cloak. I know. Why do you have it? Because it was on the ground. Because it was on the ground. And they're like, well, no, you shouldn't have that cloak because that's a noble cloak. And I'm like, here's this opportunity that yeah. you Role have. Role play it. Role play it. For some way to take this and make it story. Right. You know, here's a commoner that found a noble cloak. So it's it's almost genre policing. Genre policing, Yes. If I was the staffer, I would have gone, you found a nobleman's cloak? Well, you might have why said, don't you want to go, you know, try maybe, and get into the nobleman's house? Maybe, set, or send, even even if you sent an out-of-character message that just said, hey, how'd you get that cloak? And you would write back, I found it. Somebody left it in a room. Yeah. And then I'd be like, okay, just so you know, that's a noble cloak. You'll probably get grief for it because you're not a noble. And me going, yes! Yeah, it's story! Yeah. Right. It's story! It's something that makes me grow! It's something fun! Don't just go, give it back. I think that happens a lot because the a lot of these games... <coughs> so many of these games are sandboxes mm-hmm. and, and are, like, they're the, the head storyteller or the head wizard. They call them wizards in mushes. The head wizard's creation mm-hmm. that they suddenly get very protective of the oh universe that they... I I came up with the idea for this, and so if what you're doing isn't exactly what I imagine, mm-hmm. I'm going to genre police you a little bit. I, I played on a game where I played a certain type of character, and the people who ran the game said, uh, you have to play this character like they are shunned by the world. Right. And I went, okay, sure. And I played it exactly like that. And the only problem was is that the world came to me and said, oh, no, 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 you're okay, we'll talk to you. And the wizards would come to me and go, you're playing this wrong. And I'm like, no, everyone else is playing it wrong. How am I supposed to do this? You know? (laughs) And and I got so much grief over that. And it was just like, I am playing this exactly like you want me to play it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have an un, oh. Okay. I I remembered the thing I was trying to remember. Um, The other thing, one of the downsides is, um, I think we should talk about the downsides of staffing. Okay. 
Um, I have never cried more running a game than I have running mushes. How come? Because people, because there is no face for people when they're yelling at me. And so they just yell. They can just say whatever they think. And they say whatever they think. And they don't realize that like, you know. There's a person there. Well, yeah. And and like, they don't realize like, I'm also trying to cook dinner and take care of my kid Mm -hmm. while I'm trying to handle their issue. Right. You know, and it's like, I don't, I'm not getting paid for this. And you're screaming at me, telling me that I'm cheating. You know, or, or whatever it is they're yelling. You know, like, I, I think that there there is a loss of empathy. I think some of that, too, comes from the the other downside that, that I had in my head, which is that uh, because the game is text-based on a computer in your home and you don't have to go out, mm-hmm. it attracts, like, and, and this makes perfect sense, but it, it attracts a lot of people who are ill or who have heck can't leave their who home. Who have mental or social issues or physical issues that don't allow them to leave, and and some of those types of ailments come with uh, come with issues in dealing with people. Well, it it falls back to the take your medicine before you play your game, right? You know, but, like we we talk about that with tabletop and LARP a lot, but that also should apply to mush, right? You know, but don't. And, but some of these folks are on their medicines. But they just can't, they're just not able to, to, you know, to and interact with people in a healthy way. And it is wonderful that there is a game out, there is a outlet they, out there of role play that they can go do. Yes. But you, you know, like, like, we're not saying that people that have social issues, anxieties no. or whatever no. shouldn't be doing this. Because I want those people to come play my game. I do. I, you know, everyone come play Adventures Not Wanted. I want you in my game. Right. You know, like I want to help be an outlet in a in a safe place. But the baggage with that is that once it, in a while you're going to have a player who maybe doesn't empathize with what you're saying or, right. or doesn't process in the right way or in the right. healthiest way. It just takes some patience on both sides. Yeah, because they're not sitting across from someone with a face. Yeah. Yep. They feel like they can. Or they Just don't yeah. rage it out. Yeah. I, I played in, in a Firefly Mush once that had a huge player implosion. And I don't remember I don't remember any specifics, but something terrible had happened and a bunch of players ended up at one another's throats. And it was totally out of character. And I remember that the the head whiz of that game actually got the faction heads of the groups that were angry and and fighting one another out of character and put them all on a Skype call together so that they had to look each other in the eyes and they all talked it out. That's super smart. And it was, and I was just like, yes, this is one day I'm going to do a podcast to tell people how awesome that was. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, but because, but that is a, I I tell that to, to point out that that is the face to face thing is is a positive thing and a negative thing. There are no pre- preconceived notions, but sometimes that comes at a cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's oh. say something. Let's say something nice about it, so we don't go out on the negative. I met my wife. Aw. Aw. I met Sarah. Aw. I, I met you. I. I uh, sort of. I still play. <laughs> no. I again. I will eradicate. You're going to eradicate all mush. I am. Oh, my gosh. Um, you could reiterate something. I reiterate. 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 Um, I will say again. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you reiterate it? That um, I have met some of the most amazing people in my life. 
off of off of ga- from gaming and specifically from mushes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I have when I log when I check my phone in the morning, I almost always have a message from one of my players. Hey, saw this funny art meme and thought of you. You know, like, and right. it's out of character, you know, or or like, you know, saw this funny meme, you know, this joker, you know, thought of you because I, there was a puppy or, you know, like, it's, it's always something positive. Right. I think that the lows are lower, but the highs are higher. Yes. I really like the fact that you get as involved in a game as you do. Not only are you staffing it, you also are doing art for it that gives visual representations. You're making interesting characters. You're trying to make a game that is fun, interesting. And you guys have made this whole history for Adventures Not Wanted Mm -hmm. that is just amazing to me over subject material that I have never seen before, which is, I think, what a mush is all about. It's about this whole community coming together to make this story and it becomes something so beautiful. I would like to say, too, with Adventures Not Wanted, like, when we first started, you know, we, we opened the game up, like, almost immediately and brought in, like, all of our, our regular players. And we're like, you know, come sit in here and talk with us about this, what you want this game to be. And so the game wasn't just Tanya and I making it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, the whole concept of the dragon liking wooden toys... That came from my players, because, like, honestly, a dragon liking wooden toys is kind of like, what? Uh, uh." But then, like, we started piecing everything together, and it worked, and it was very fun then, and we were able to make a great story. But I didn't make that story on my own, and Tanya and I didn't make that story on our own. We made it with all of the players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so it's like this fun, really creative, uh, this, um piece of art mm-hmm. that very I've, collaborative yeah very collaborative art that i made with everyone that logs in and that's actually every mush every time someone logs in every scene that is done mm-hmm. that builds the world up a little bit more and changes it to make it more of an r thing instead mm-hmm. of just a staff mm-hmm. thing well if people want to look at adventurers not wanted they can go to anw.wiki.com mm-hmm. That's uh, wiki dot like w i k i d o t dot com. Yeah, and we'll put the the link. We'll link to it in the show notes. So, all right. Awesome. Well, cool. Yay. Well, let's go to let's go to game wrap because we've run really really long. Woo. All right. Well, welcome to game wrap. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I'm, this week you guys are going to actually get mush XP. Really? Ooh. Yes. Cookies? So, so that means... Yeah, that's, that's cookies. That means uh, you each get one XP be- for this week. That's yeah. cool. Okay. And then uh, one luck point for participating. Ooh! Ooh. Uh, and then you both get cookies. Yay! Yay. I give you cookies as well. Aww. I give you cookies too. Thanks. Up, up. Oh, uh, you're both diabetic. I take cookies away. <laughs> well, they're metaphorical. <laughs> so many cookies for me. See, that's why I like to mushes. I get baked goods. Yeah? Yeah. But they're digital. I don't care. They're baked goods. Well, they don't have calories. You stop. Stop ruining this for me. Nom, 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 nom. Oh, my gosh. Weird. 
All right. All right. Well, join us next week when our topic is tiny fetishes and tiny sex. <laughs> <laughs> Little sex. <laughs> oh, Lord. Until next time, uh, I'm the curmudgeon. Joining me was Carrie the legend and Sarah the rah, 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 rah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Remember, the only way to win a role-playing game is to have fun. Thank you.